The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Okay, everybody, how we doing? Happy Friday. Welcome in to Payoff Pitch. We are Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast. We come to you with a full Friday slate on August 12th. Brendan Glasheen with two of our very best to cover baseball at Action Network. Senior writer, Sean Zarillo, and senior editor at Action Network, Colin Church. We're with you every Tuesday and Friday during the baseball season. Have no fear if you... Lost some money betting the preseason last night in the NFL. Here we go. Baseball just always, it's its the gift that keeps giving at this time of year. In some ways, we'll find out. Uh, a lot to get to on the show per usual um, because, again, Tuesdays and Fridays, big slates. We'll find out if we're going to fade the public today. Uh, Braves-Marlins, not to bury the lead, will be the game we focus on. We'll find an underdog that Colin and Sean like. And then we'll go through uh, the other games that the guys are on. And you can find all of their picks. If you miss anything, you know, we go, we go through as much as we can in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And uh, if you miss anything, all of their picks are loaded in the Action Network app. But, of course, when you listen to the pod, you can scroll back and forth to listen carefully. But we'll start with the good stuff. Best bets for the day. Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here. We will start with Sean Zarillo. What do you have for us? Yeah, I'm not sure which amongst these bets is my favorite bet for today, but my favorite bets and my favorite game to bet would be the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. And I ended up playing the money line and the total in both halves. In terms of the side, I do like the Diamondbacks. Made them slight favorites, both the first five innings and the full game around minus 104. So I'd bet them down to about plus 104 in either half. About a run and a half differential between Zach Davies and Antonio Sensatella in terms of their expected ERA. Davies, 28% hard hit rate this season. Sensatella, 34%. So just expect more damage to come off the Diamondbacks' bats. 
as opposed to the Rockies bats. And as I mentioned before, Sensatello in Colorado, that giant outfield, the guy who's not going to strike anybody out, allow a ton of balls in play, should allow a ton of hits to fall in in front of a very poor defensive outfield that the Rockies have. One of the worst defensive outfields in baseball, playing in the largest outfield in any baseball park. So that's a bad recipe. But on top of that, I do like the unders in this matchup. This total has flown over in recent days, but you also had the wind blowing out. Horse field playing about 3 to 5% above league average or above its park average, which is about 30% above average. In terms of a run environment with the wind blowing out, well, today the wind is blowing in, and it should be a neutral park factor for a normal day at Coors Field or even slightly below average, about 1% to 2% below average for a typical game at Coors Field. So the unders I projected at 11.7 and 6.25. You can bet the under 12.5 to minus 120, and the first five under 7, even down to 6.5 at about minus 102. The totals in that Cardinal series for the Rockies were, uh, well, meaning I'm just saying what the, the total runs scored were in each of those games, 21, 14, 14. Um, but Zerillo likes unders in this, uh, in this series with the D backs who they just played a few weeks, uh, a couple weeks back, but now they are meeting in uh, at Coors field. So very good. Colin Whitchurch. What do you have for us for a best bet for this Friday? Yeah, there's a uh, sneaky good series starting between the uh, blue Jays and the guardians. The, AL Central leading Guardians, mind you, one and a half up on the Twins now. They've won five in a row, and the Blue Jays leading the AL wildcard race. I think they'd be the top AL wildcard team if the playoffs started today. So a pretty exciting matchup between these two teams, but a horrendous pitching matchup today in the series opener. Jose Barrios and Cal Quantrill. Barrios has been one of my favorite pitchers to fade this year. 5-4-8 XERA, 278 expected batting average. 500 expected slugging percentage and a 45% hard hit rate all rank in the bottom 10% among qualified starters. The other side, Quantrill's XERA is significantly better than Barrios's 4.59, but his whiff and K rate are both in the seventh percentile in the majors. Also Quantrill's top two pitches are sinkers and cutters. And the Jays have a combined plus 15 run value against those two pitches. I think you can see where I'm probably going with this. It is a play on the over eight and a half. I also like the first five innings over five, but my top play is the over eight and a half for the full game. No, Cleveland's got a pretty good bullpen. They went to extras with Detroit yesterday, used some of their top arms last couple days. So I think that you can downgrade their bullpen a little bit today. Toronto's bullpen's kind of kind of average, but so the full game over eight and a half is what I like there in Blue Jays Guardians. Okay, moving on. We'll find out if we're going to fade the public today. Looking at the Action Network app, we find that 83% of the bets on this particular game and 89% of the money on this particular game, Braves-Marlins, as mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, it's coming in on the Braves. Odorizzi's on the mound against Lopez. Uh, The number for uh, the Braves, minus 140 on the money line. Marlins at plus 120 as it stands now. All right, Zarello, we fade in the public today. Yeah, I'm on the Marlins here. Now, the Braves have not officially confirmed Odorizzi on MLB.com. We've seen beat writers put out that he's starting, so that is where all the lines are coming from. But just always be sure to check MLB.com because sometimes when they don't confirm it on the official website, they're liable to make a late swap. So just 
be careful, hesitant with that. But provided Odorizzi is starting, I'd certainly view Pablo Lopez as the better pitcher. 367 expected ERA this season. Odorizzi has pitched well, changes pitch mix a little bit. He's at 3.9. The expected FIP gap between the two pitchers is much wider, 3.5 versus 4.7. I do like the Marlins' first five down to plus 120. Their full game to plus 128. The issue is they cannot score. They're very frustrating to watch offensively. Even yesterday against the Phillies, bases loaded, no out in the first inning after a leadoff triple, didn't get the run in. So the Marlins are extremely frustrating to watch on offense. They need to win tight, low-scoring games where they get three or four runs. So I think Lopez can keep the Braves' offense a little bit tamed. Maybe they end up blowing it late, but that's why we split the bets between the first five and the full game. And that's why we're going to bet them, and they're gonna, you're going to fade the public. How about you, uh, Colin? I'm actually with the public today, and I don't do that lightly. Not a big fan of betting on Jake Odorizzi more often than not, but Pablo Lopez I think is being a little bit overrated in the market. He started the season on fire, looked like a Cy Young candidate the first two months of the season, looked like the Marlins' best starting pitcher the first two months of the season, which is saying something, pitching out of staff with Sandy Alcantara. Since the start of June, Lopez is sporting a 5-1-5 ERA. That's 12 starts. That's more than half of his season at this point. Yeah, maybe he's been a little bit unlucky at this point, but the Braves are the second-best fastball-hitting team in the majors. Lopez obviously throws his fastball quite a bit. And as Sean mentioned, that Miami offense is just absolutely putrid. Bottom two or three in the league in just about every statistic that matters offensively right now. I think that Atlanta's offense is going to jump on Lopez enough. And Odorizzi has been, as Sean mentioned, a little better this year. And I, I was actually surprised to see this line as low as it is. I think that the books are overrating the the pitching difference between Lopez and Odorizzi here a little bit. I think that the Braves... You know, if I had opened the app this morning and seen the Braves at minus 160, minus 170, I wouldn't have been surprised. So to see mm-hmm. them at minus 135, minus 140, I think there's value on the favor here for once. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, we rare, that rarely happens from either of you on this uh, on this podcast. So, okay, little split in uh, little split in mindset here on on the fading the public. So we'll see how that goes. Moving on to underdogs today. Where's my dog? Colin, you're going to talk talk another team in this division, the NL East. Yeah, I had a little bit of trouble picking an underdog of the day, to be honest with you. So this is not my favorite underdog of this segment if we go back a couple of weeks. But I do like the Phillies against the Mets today. Ranger Suarez against Max Scherzer. Never fun to bet against Max Scherzer. But Suarez has been pretty decent this year. 3.68 ERA, 3.78, both XERA and XFIP. He's been a little bit of un- unlucky. He's allowing a 305 batting average on balls in play. The Mets do crush changeups, which is one of my biggest concerns here with Suarez. He throws the changeup quite a bit. I just think this number is a little bit too high. The Phillies defense has been improved since the trade deadline. Suarez has a 55% ground ball rate. They can scoop up the ball behind him. I think that they have a little bit stronger chance. Like I said, it's never fun to bet against Max Scherzer, but considering the quality of these two teams, um, and, and how close they are at true talent level. I think that when you see in the Phillies at plus 180, plus 190 range, even with Scherzer on the mound, I think that's too good a value to pass up. I should mention one note is that Kyle Schwarber left yesterday's game with an injury. He's day-to-day. I don't expect him in the lineup today, so that downgrades the Phillies a little bit, but still, I just think that the Phillies improved defense. Suarez can go toe-to-toe with Scherzer for at least a couple innings, and 
and there's value on the Phillies there at that number. The Schwarber injury is also undisclosed from what I've I've read. So we don't really know what's going on with uh, with Kyle Schwarber. So it was very weird. He left after walking. Like he right. finished his plate appearance, walked, and then got pulled out of the game. So I don't know if he hurt himself on a swing or seemed like he strained something. But yeah, I doubt he's in the lineup today. But they don't seem to expect to put him on the IL either. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye on that and that lineup. But yes, uh, defensively, the the Phillies have have turned a little bit of a corner. But okay. How about you, uh, Sean Zarillo, your favorite underdog on this slate? Yeah, the Detroit Tigers. They have been incredibly frustrating. Have had multiple chances to win in the past two days. Another team who stranded bases loaded, no out situations, a bunch of late. But plus one ninety for the first five innings, plus one eighty for the full game. That would be my cutoff points in terms of betting this matchup. Michael Kopech, much better earlier in the season. Velocity, much higher earlier in the season. Fastball around 96, 97 of late, closer to 94, 95. And it aligns with the fact that, one, he's coming off of injury. Two, he's approaching his career high for innings pitched, at least at the major league level. But the first time he'll have surpassed 100 innings at the MLB level, and his stuff is starting to fall off as he gets into the stretch run. One other thing I want to mention, because this is a phenomenal stat from Jeremy Frank, MLB Random Stats on Twitter. He put this tweet out last night. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 705 of the White Sox first 1,000 hits this season have been singles. They had like 15 singles yesterday. The most recent teams to finish a season with at least 70% of their hits as singles. The Marlins did it three times, 2018, 2016, 2015. Those teams won 63, 79, and 71 games. The 2015 Braves also did it. They finished with 67 wins. The two teams on pace to do it this year are the White Sox and the Tigers, who are playing each other in this matchup. So I found that pretty funny that the two single-hitting, low-output, low-punch teams are squaring off in this matchup. But that sort of tightens the variance in terms of who's going to look like a massive hindsight favorite. So definitely think should be a tight game between these two offenses, which have trouble getting extra base hits. Give me the Tigers close to two to one in both halves. You're just throwing daggers in my heart, Sean. Oh, so- That's all you're doing. That's all. I mean, I, again, like I keep going with this Houdini thing. The White Sox against Granky yesterday, bases loaded, no out for the first five innings, could not drive a run in. It has been unbelievably frustrating with some of these bets, how we've lost them, how we haven't been able to get runs across. 
I had two Houdinis against me in like the first three hours of baseball yesterday. I, I do enjoy that our, our underdog picks today were me against the Mets and you against the White Sox. It's like this is the, the, the trolling each other episode or something. Didn't even think about that, but that's a good point. <laughs> this is an audio uh, podcast, but Colin Whitchurch has his has his White Sox uh, apparel behind him. I feel like now we need to put another banner over his right shoulder. Most singles award. Like it, it, there's going to be. Like something like that. Just get someone to Photoshop that. It's uh, I believe Jason Benetti called it the vending machine offense yesterday because it's all singles. Oh, wow. That's phenomenal. Benetti's good. He's he's that's that's bright. That's that's one of the best. Where did he go to college? (laughs) Uh, Syracuse. He did. (laughs) See, now I'm getting I'm getting shamed. Okay, very good. Uh, let's go on to our final bets of this uh, of this Friday slate again. If you you don't get to all of these, and if you if you, you run out of time or you, you you miss something, Colin and and Sean log their picks on the Action Network app, so you can go in there and they they give analysis. They also tell you what numbers to bet to, um, just because it makes sense to their respective models. Uh, we'll go to Colin first, then we'll go to Sean. Yeah, first, uh, just want to reiterate a couple of. Sean's bets from earlier. I'm with him on the Diamondbacks and the under in that game at Coors Field today. And I also, for the, all the grief I just gave him, I'm also on the Tigers today as well. Um, you know, the only concern with me is is Daniel Norris is is starting for Detroit. He's a lefty, but you know, he's been in the bullpen for most of the last couple of years. I don't expect him to go more than a couple innings, but I think that number is way too high on the White Sox. This afternoon, my other two picks, a couple favorites. I'll keep them short and sweet. I like the Cardinals minus 160 against the Brewers today. Another huge matchup this weekend. We haven't even talked about Yankees Red Sox. I mean, I guess I don't know how huge that matchup is anymore with the way the Red Sox have tanked. But Brewers Cardinals is still huge. NL Central Division implications. I love the Cardinals here. Jordan Montgomery against Eric Lauer. Anytime the Cardinals and Brewers play and it's a lefty against a lefty, I'm going to bet the Cardinals every single time. Probably doesn't even matter the number. Cardinals are the best offense in baseball against lefties. The Brewers are below average against left-handed pitching. So I love the Cardinals here, minus 160. I'm also on the Twins. Kind of surprised to see them as short of favorites as they are against the Angels tonight with Tyler Molly against Patrick Sandoval. Molly. Was good in Cincinnati, has been good so far in Minnesota, just a very unlucky pitcher. We talk about Alex Cobb a lot on this podcast and how he's the most unlucky pitcher in baseball. Tyler Molly's been right up there, and his his rate stats are starting to catch up with his expected stats. So I expect him to be solid for Minnesota down the stretch. Patrick Sandoval, on the other hand, is a negative regression candidate. He hasn't been very good, and he's probably going to be worse. The Twins are not as good against left-handed pitching as they are against right-handed pitching, but they are still an above-average offense. 106 weighted runs created, plus Twins minus 135 has a ton of value there for me as well. Okay, good stuff. Zerillo, why don't you take us home here and uh, rifle through some of the other picks you got? Yeah, I'm trying to pull up Sandoval splits because he is a lefty, but he is uh, a change-up heavy lefty. So he actually is more effective against lefties than righties, but you always have to factor that into account when you have a guy who throws change-ups oftentimes. They do have reverse splits, but I agree completely. I do like the Twins here as well. Sandoval's fastball has gotten absolutely destroyed this season. 367 expected batting average, 600 slugging percentage against his fastball. The Twins are a top five team against fastball. So I like the Twins up to minus 121 on the full game money line. Molly, also a fly ball pitcher, was playing in Great American Ballpark, teeny tiny park. 
going to a stadium like Angel Stadium where fly balls are going to die in the outfield should certainly benefit him. Couple other games that Colin mentioned, the Phillies and the Mets. I like the Phillies down to plus 176. Even without Kyle Schwarber, obviously, obviously if he's in the lineup, there's even more value at that number. The Guardians and the Jays, not betting the over, but I do like the Guardians on the full game money line to plus 141. Rios has been very shaky this year. Colin mentioned that. On top of that, too, though, something I always try to mention, the Guardians are great against right-handed pitching, better splits versus righties, and they have the best or the lowest strikeout rate in baseball against right-handed pitching by a pretty significant margin. They're able to grind these pitchers down, foul off a lot of pitches, and get into that bullpen, and they do have a bullpen advantage against Toronto. I know it got a little overworked, but no Emmanuel Class A yesterday should be fresh for today. Still give the Guardians the superior bullpen. Two other games, the Dodgers and the Royals. Obviously, nobody wants to bet against the Dodgers, so we will be the people who keep doing it. Have covered 10 straight on the run line, 10 straight wins. Looking forward into next year, this team is phenomenally dangerous because if you take away the offensive shift versus lefties and you give me Bellinger, Muncie, and Gallo at the bottom of their lineup if they re-sign Gallo, those guys are going to rake. And even come playoff time, if one of those three is hitting, they should be fine. If two of those three are hitting, I don't see anybody beating them. So the Dodgers are extremely dangerous with the way they rounded out the bottom of their lineup, just taking high upside gambles on these power hitters with low average who should eventually come around. Muncie seems to be. Maybe they can get Gallo in shape. Bellinger is completely enigmatic from day to day. Lastly, the Rangers and the Mariners. Bullpen game for Texas going against George Kirby. Josh Spores starting for the Rangers. I like Texas down to plus 144. Seeing where that first five line opens up, want probably closer to plus 150 in order to play that. But I think Texas is competitive. They played much better baseball after the first month of the season, particularly now that Marcus Semien is hitting. Like the young guys they brought up, like Leota Tavares. I like this Texas team. Obviously not going to make the playoffs this year. But for, for next year, I think they should be much more competitive and can certainly insert themselves into a wild card race. They add just a few more pieces to their squad. Yeah, I, I'm annoyed with the Dodgers, too. I'm uh, For full disclosure, I'm in Los Angeles, everybody. And uh, they broke my heart on uh, Wednesday night. Freaking twins. 4-2 lead. And that Dodgers lineup is just annoying because they all can hit really well. They close down every deficit. That's what I look for with teams who I think can win the World Series. It's been the Dodgers and the Astros in recent years, and the Dodgers just keep doing it. The Mets were doing it earlier this year. hasn't happened as much of late, but the Yankees and the Dodgers have been the two best teams at closing down deficits this year. I just got to say, this is this has got to be the nerdiest baseball podcast on the internet. We just spent 20 minutes talking about today's slate. None of us are on Yankees Red Sox, which is the game, the, the most highly publicized game. And we haven't even talked about Juan Soto's return to Washington tonight. So I'll throw out plus 310 to hit a home run tonight. Juan Soto in Washington. I mean, the Nationals are terrible. Yeah, but what about I, all the what, what about the boos, the, 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 the boo birds? Do you think they're going to boo him? Do you th- I, I bet they give him a standing O, his first plate appearance. I, I would say standing O, too. If anything, they should turn around and boo the, uh, the owner's box. That's, yeah, be there the you go. Now. All right. Well, there you go. But see, folks, when you tune into this podcast, we try to take you in different directions other than the, the public side. So and as Colin said, this Yankees Red Sox doesn't have the same juice uh, based on Boston's record this year. But the Yankees could maybe officially bury the Red Sox like that. Just take them completely out of it. That's on the table. And yeah, we'll see. What, we'll see how it goes. With Soto and Josh Bell. 
Don't want to leave him out either. Okay, that's going to do it for us. For uh, Sean Zarillo, Colin Whitchurch, Brendan Glasheen, thank you as always for those of you that tune in regularly to the pod. Again, if you're new here, we are here every Tuesday and Friday during the baseball season. If, if you're not a, an NFL or a college football person, you want to keep your, your, your baseball going, we're with you uh, the rest of the way here on Payoff Pitch. So thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Best of luck this week. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.